On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, you may remember being reported a few months ago uh, plans to uh, pretty radically overhaul uh, the rules around pub and nightclub licensing. Some fairly wide-scale reform to adjust some laws which have been in place since the 19th century. Among the more eye-catching provisions that were being proposed by the government was the idea of allowing pubs potentially to remain open until, prospectively, uh, 6am. But there have been now some calls for some of those laws, not just to have some scrutiny on a justice front and what it might mean for the licensing, but also what it might mean on the health front. Uh, we're joining us due to about two people to have more of a discussion on that. Uh, Sheila Gilhealy is from Alcohol Action Ireland. Um, Sheila, what are your concerns about the, the law as it or the proposed law as it currently stands? Well, as we would see it, if you extend licensing hours, the likely effect is you will sell more, more alcohol, which is indeed what the alcohol industry would like. But sadly, along with uh, increasing licensing hours, you get an increase in alcohol-related harms from that. And we know that from many different jurisdictions. I'll just give you one example. In Amsterdam, they t- took a look at this and they found that when they increased licensing hours by just one hour, they saw a 34% increase. 34%? Yes, okay. in alcohol-related injuries. And they were able to do that because they had some areas where they didn't have an increase in the licensing laws and mm. in some areas they did have that. So they make, make very good you know, comparison and there's there's evidence of this from right across you know, the world you know, in, in different jurisdictions when we've looked at that. So what we are saying and we were very pleased actually that the Iraq this committee who looked at uh, you know, the evidence being put forward is there is a need to look at this legislation from a public health uh, perspective and to carry out a public health impact uh, assessment before going ahead with, with any changes to the licensing laws. So in effect then would it be the argument of Alcohol Action Ireland that the bill has been up till now scrutinised with the view of what it's going to mean for pubs or how exactly you're going to deal with licensing but that the, the health aspect has been yeah. ignored up till now? We, we would feel that. I mean obviously you know people like ourselves have made um, submissions at, at different stages but a lot of the, the thinking around the, um, the the changes to the licensing hours actually came out of the task force on the nighttime economy and that actually didn't have any representation Presentation at all from uh, the Department of Health. So we're thinking, you know, it really is incumbent actually upon mm. Simon Harris, who's, who's the, the, the minister right now with the responsibility to look at this, to take a step back and really look and see alcohol is something that has a huge impact. It costs something of the order of 3.7 billion at least, probably maybe twice that amount if you were to take in, you know, harm to others as, as well, that, that would arise. And actually look at all aspects of this bill. And this is a very long build, mm. you know, 450 yeah. pages worth. And we need to have it looked at yeah. from a public health perspective. I remember the day that it was published by the government and the press conference that followed. And it was a pretty much a, a whopper of a document. Um, Cormac Healy of uh, Drinks Ireland is also uh, with us in studio. Drinks Ireland is the IBEC group that represents the, the alcohol uh, beverage sector. Um, Cormac, your thoughts on what you just heard there. Is there calls for there being health scrutiny of this as well as just a, from the justice and legal side? Uh, Hi, Gavin. Well, I suppose, I mean, firstly, I'd say that there is significant legislation in relation to the public health aspects linked to to alcohol and alcohol consumption. What we have here in this sale of alcohol bill is is a bill that is really focused around licensing around, Mm. I mean, in the first instance, as you said yourself, simplifying and codifying legislation that has been there for Mm. many, many decades. Yeah, like uh, right now, if you want to open a nightclub, you basically need two or three individual licenses and get them all on an individual once-off basis. And it's very cumbersome and and it's prohibitive for a lot of Lots of different, there's lots of different legislation. So it's it's simplifying and codifying the legislation. It's modernising the legislation. 
information as well and bringing it up to up to date with today's society. Uh, and I think it's also, I mean, and it's important to remember, it's around revitalising the nighttime economy here. I mean, the overall you know, experience economy in Ireland is a big part of the economy. It's mm. worth four billion. It, it it's responsible for for jobs of some three hundred thousand people. So that there would be legislation mm. uh, to modernise uh, uh, that that sure. part of the economy is 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 relevant. Yeah, and many people and would like the Irish system to be more reflective of the European norm, where you well, could have a, a simpler system and you have nightclubs opening later for people who just want to socialise in that manner. But right. Ireland's Ireland's relationship with alcohol is different to that of well, other countries. Well, that's where it? I would I would differ with with you, Gavin. I mean, firstly, I mean, this doesn't mean, I mean, the fact that if there's later opening hours, uh, somebody can go, uh, can stay out later. They can also go out later. This doesn't necessarily mean uh, additional sale of alcohol. I mean, this is this is not necessarily the case. And I would, you know, I mean, as I say, differ with you on that. Ireland is different scenario. I think consumption, alcohol consumption in Ireland over the last two decades has been falling. There's a long term trend of alcohol Mm. consumption falling. Yes, we've gone through the pandemic where it fell further and there probably will be, you know, in, in 2022 figures when you saw reopening of the economy, some 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 increase. But the long term trend is is falling. Uh, and therefore, you know, we're we're we have a, a an outdated stereotype, I think, around Ireland and drink. I mean, the the you know, the relationship with alcohol, how younger people engage with alcohol mm. is changing. And I think we need to move on the narrative on that as well. Okay, Dr. Sheila Kahini, then, an outdated stereotype uh, is, I mean, I don't know whether there's any kind of metrics that you can point to to prove this, but does Ireland materially have a different relationship with alcohol th- than other countries? Or is there anything you can say to disprove what Cormac just said? Yeah, well, I suppose one of the first things to do is just simply look at the facts that we have. So if we were to look at that younger cohort that, that uh, Cormac has mentioned, in the age group 15 to 24 year olds, of those who drink, 37% have an alcohol use disorder. So that's very... Sorry, sp- give me that again. 37% of 15 to 24 year olds who drink have an alcohol use disorder. That's a wow. very stark figure. And I think really points to why we need to take you know, public health lens to this. Now, Cormac mentioned that we have uh, public health, the, the Public Health Alcohol Act, which puts some, does take a public health you know lens to uh, alcohol control and it is welcome. But sadly, it hasn't been fully implemented. And, you know, the government actually have uh, a target of reducing alcohol use by 20 percent. We are still waiting for that twenty percent to be to be achieved. We are mm. a long way off, you know, getting that. So before you could even talk about extending licensing hours, we need to make sure that the provisions within the Public Health Alcohol mm. Act that would be the restrictions around marketing of alcohol that they should be introduced. But from a practical basis, though, uh, on Cormac's point of if nightclubs were were open later, I mean, I'm just thinking from a very practical perspective. If I thought it was possible, or if I even intended to stay out, if I was in a nightclub and I intended to stay out until hours beyond what they're currently open. I would have thought it would be a pretty sensible thing that you would just pace yourself, that you wouldn't intend to drink at the same pace for a few hours more, that you would spread them out because you know that you're going to hit a point where you're not capable of staying out. So would people not be rational enough to to self-regulate that way? I suppose when we're talking about alcohol, one of the things is it's a mood altering drug and it actually does impinge upon your capacity to make good decisions. And again, I just simply point to other countries where they have extended licensing hours and you do see an increase in alcohol sales okay. and you see an increase in alcohol harm. So, you know, the evidence is there. And again, sometimes we talk about, well, we should look to Europe and drink more like Europeans. But actually, Europe is the highest drinking region in the world. Um, so it's actually not maybe necessarily the best do, place. Do they drink more than, than your average Irish person? Um, well, it, we, it, it depends on what country you're looking at, but very often people will, for example, look at Germany and point to, you know, uh, nightclub bars in, in Berlin. But Germany has a, ver- a very uh, big problem with alcohol as, as well. So the, 
we, we should be legislating for our particular situation in Ireland and we need to look at our data and we have the data that is available and we know the beer drinking at high levels. We are un- unfortunately a country with uh, the eighth highest level of binge drinking in, in the world and there are so many different okay. harms that flow from right. that. Cormac. Yeah, no, actually, I mean, I think going back to, to European norms, I mean, Ireland may have been an outlier in the past, but we are actually with that fall in consumption. This is this is data from revenue that shows overall alcohol consumption and per capita consumption consumption mm. is falling. Uh, we are moving to EU norms. We aren't different. I mean, and I think well, that's why m- we need to move. Moving to EU norms well, doesn't mean we're at EU norms. Well, though, well I mean, we're, we're, we're less. I mean, if you look at WHO figures, I mean, we're actually less than Spain or Germany, countries that you might actually think we're, that we're, we're above. We're actually less than, than many countries close to or on par with France. So, I mean, we are more into the, the, the norm, as I say, of, okay. of, of EU and younger people. I mean, research that we have done in terms of, uh, of Gen Z, there is a different relationship with alcohol. They do want to moderate. They do want to extend their weekend to make sure that they can get out and do something mm. the following day, etc. And these changes in, in laws, I think, as you as you said yourself, allow people to decide how they're going to go right. out and how they're going to socialise. What about the point that one texter has just put in to, to save me the, the hassle of trying to make it as well? One texter to 53106 has pointed out that yes, maybe other countries do drink as much, but they don't drink in the same patterns as Irish people do. So what what this texture is basically trying to argue is that yes, we might drink over the course of a year the same amount as the average person in France but the average person in France might have a glass of wine with dinner every night of the week and drink very moderately but the Irish people tend to compact their drinking into sessions which might not be as helpful. Well I think you know moderation and balance is something that is very much becoming more the norm and the order in terms of alcohol consumption in Ireland that's what I would would, would certainly say to that uh, I think there are figures also that show that uh, and, and Sheila has mentioned it that you know in longer term binge drinking if you want to talk about that has, has dropped age of first drinking uh, is okay. increasing I mean there are stats there so I mean what, what the point we would make is that there's significant regulation here already in, in Ireland. As, as Sheila has mentioned, the Public Health Alcohol Act is there. Mm. This particular legislation is around licensing and, and some of the, the mechanisms around that. We also have, in, in terms of, of legislation beyond that and defined by that, we have codes. And one thing I think that's important to say is there's actually a very high level of compliance by the industry with the codes that are there. And I mean, that's there for, for, uh, for everyone to see. Uh, a text from a listener in Leash uh, who, I don't think this is a discussion for now, maybe it's a discussion for another day. They run a bar in Leash and they say that cocaine is the big issue there, not drink. Uh, legislation is needed there, not pub hours because it's rife beyond belief. They need to look at legalisation, unfortunately, uh, which is is a totally different discussion for another day Uh, and Colin says it's simply personal choice if somebody wants to drink or not. Yes it is a choice but the thing is that those choices have implications not just on on the individual but also on other people as well and certainly when you're looking at you know if you were to go to any ED any hospital at the weekend you can see how they are overwhelmed by you know by problems from alcohol. Is there an element or what would you say to allegations of of nanny statism that uh, if we extend licensing hours that it shouldn't be up to the state to decide that people aren't mature enough to be able to moderate or manage their own drinking or to space it out over the course of a night? Yeah, but the state ends up being, you know, in fact, the Department of Health ends up being the department that carries the tab, you know, you know, picks up the tab for, you know, uh, all of our actions altogether. All in fact, of course, it's not even just to the Department of Health because Garda Shikona, for example, have also expressed concerns about, right. you know, what, what they would have to, okay. to do. So, I mean, the nanny state argument is a very worn out trope, I would really say it at this stage. You know, it's used to just to try and stop people thinking about 
you know, what, you know, where where does the vested interest lie right. here? Uh, final word to you, Cormac. Prevention then better than cure, her state. Well, well, I mean, uh, I, I take up a, a word that you mentioned about trice or maybe a texter mentioned about trice. Yeah, I mean, texter, th- yeah. there, there is, there is uh, uh, an argument around that, that this is about trice. One of the things that we see emerging now is is uh, a significant growth in, in zero alcohol products. I mean, again, that's about trice for consumers. Zero alcohol products offer uh, consumers the, the the choice of choosing something, having, having a beer, but deciding to have a non-alcoholic one that allows them to moderate their drinking, that substitutes alcohol rather than uh, adding to it. Okay. Uh, we will leave it there. Cormac Healy, Director of Drinks Ireland, and Dr. Sheila Gilhealy from Alcohol Action Ireland. Thank you both very much for coming in the studio. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.